1: Good morning. This is the California Report, and I'm Saul Gonzalez in Los Angeles. It is the holiday season. So today we're going to step back from our usual daily diet of politics, public policy, and issues and explore something way more fundamental and ephemeral it's kindness. I bet a lot of us will spend part of this season thinking about people who've been kind to us and whether we can be kinder to others in all sorts of ways. Well, it just so happens there's a place in California that's all about studying kindness and the impulse to be kind. It's UCLA's Badari Kindness Institute, and its director, anthropologist Daniel Fessler, joins us now. Professor, can you start with a simple definition of kindness?
0: So we have sort of a working definition at the Kindness Institute, which is that kindness is defined as as actions that are intended solely to benefit the recipient. The actor doesn't have any ulterior motive. The other person is an ends uh, in themselves. They're, they aren't a means to an end.
1: So an act of kindness doesn't involve a transaction or some kind of quid pro quo exchange.
0: Uh, if people have as the goal some kind of payoff in their conscious minds, then we define that as something other than kindness. It can be manipulation, it can be negotiation, it can be strategy, but it isn't kindness.
1: I think of myself as a fairly nice guy and polite fellow, but if I say please and thank you and ask strangers about their day, is that really an act of kindness or is it just etiquette and manners?
0: I would say that there's an entire spectrum of kindness from actions that provide a relatively small benefit to another party to actions that are remarkably altruistic and provide an enormous benefit to another party. And showing somebody else that you respect them, that they have dignity and value in your eyes, that's an act of kindness, right? You know, if you're asking the barista, you know, how's your day going? And it's not because you're hoping for, you know, an extra shot in the latte. It's just because you want that person to know that you see them and you value them as, as another human being. Then that is an act of kindness.
1: You've really championed this idea that you can transmit kindness, that it's a kind of very good contagion. Can you talk more about that?
0: Sure, absolutely. So this happens every once in a while at uh, drive through restaurants, right, where someone will spontaneously decide to pay for the meal of the party in the car behind them, who are strangers, right? So you pull forward to, to pay for your meal and the cashier informs you, you know, those folks, those nice folks in the car ahead of you paid for your meal, right? But a number of investigators, as well as some group of folks that I've had the opportunity to collaborate with, we, we've all documented that in fact, This kind of contagious kindness, if you will, doesn't just involve emulating the actions that one has observed or benefited from, but that, in fact, people experience a fairly general motivation to make the world a better place, to to do good things, and that you can give them opportunities to provide charitable donations or time and, and effort for, you know, some philanthropic cause that have nothing to do with the actions that they've observed other than that they're all in the general category of helping someone and being prosocial. And so ripple effects can occur where kindness spreads outwards. And the same is very likely to be true for uh, the opposite of kindness, where if there are signs of disorder and selfish behavior, people are more likely to behave selfishly themselves.
1: And what about the people who are no doubt listening who might be kindness skeptics? They're afraid that if they show kindness or accept it, they'll be taken advantage of in some way.
0: There's a lot of evidence that kindness is subjectively rewarding. People feel good when they are truly kind towards others. And that isn't just at the level of subjective experience, it benefits one at the level of both mental and physical health. And this is not at all surprising from an evolutionary perspective because if you experience the world around you as fundamentally cooperative, then it means that you don't need to be in emergency mode. You don't need to be on guard all the time. and. This is a recipe for a short and unhappy life. And it's very well documented in the medical literature that this is the case, right? That um, people's psychological well being and importantly, their physical well being. Uh, with regard to all kinds of health outcomes, is improved by their being kinder to others. And finally, I guess if we
1: want to be kinder people, we have to understand that it's a journey or project that has no end, right?
0: That is correct. You know, I I worked for a number of years in Indonesia, and there's a a saying in Indonesia, which is that um, there is no ivory which is not cracked, right? That is, humans are fallible. We are imperfect creatures, Unsurprisingly. And what that means is that none of us is ever going to behave in an entirely perfect and consistent manner in our expectations of others, in our emotional reactions to others, and in our subsequent behavior. And so, to a certain extent, being kind towards yourself is part of the project, right? Being forgiving of your own imperfections and recognizing that's, you know, natural selection produces jury rigged kludge like machines, and that's what we are. We are a compilation of a whole bunch of funky adaptations produced by natural selection and cultural evolution. And understanding ourselves that way, we can say, okay, well, you know what? That person's not perfect. I can give them the benefit of the doubt. I can look beyond their, you know, stumbles today. And I can do the same for myself, right? That is, I can always think about how I could have been kinder. And instead of beating myself up about that, I can say, well, okay. I'm going to learn from that experience and take that to the next interaction where I'm going to try and err on the side of of optimism and pro-sociality.
1: That is Daniel Fessler, director of UCLA's Badari Kindness Institute. Professor, I want to wish you a good new
0: year and one that's filled with lots of kindness. Thank you, Saul. I really appreciate the opportunity to talk with you and with your listeners and um, go out there and be kind, everyone. The world needs it.
2: behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. If you want to sign up and be a part of this amazing community, visit donate.kqed.org podcasts to become a member today. That's podcasts with an S. Thank you for listening, and thank you for your support.
0: Support for The California Report comes from Real California Milk reminding listeners to take three simple steps to recycle gallon milk jugs. Pour it, cap it, bin it. Learn more at RecycleTheJug.com. Eric and Wendy Schmidt, whose philanthropy includes Schmidt Futures, focused on finding exceptional people and helping them do more for others together. On the web at SchmidtFutures.com and the California Healthcare Foundation working to build a more effective, compassionate and just healthcare system on the web at chcf.org/health-equity. And that's the California
1: Report for today. We're a production of KQED Public Radio. I'm Saul Gonzalez. Thanks so much for listening and have a great day.